0: And a good morning to everybody out there. David McLean here. Jan is away today, so we're going to be a little indulgent because I have my author, who is, in fact, Gary Disher. So, Gary, welcome back to 3CR.
1: Thanks a lot, David. It's good to be on again.
0: Now, there are two landscapes in your latest work, Day's End. Well, I'd like to call them two landscapes. One's the physical landscape that you've explored before, uh, because this is one of the uh series, Outback South Australia, but it also links into the social landscape of uh, Australia broadly. So it's it's almost like a microcosm of what's going on. Added to that, you've also got uh, a couple of crimes taking place as well. Mm. So let's begin. I'm going to begin actually by by reading the opening. Out in that country, if you owned a sheep station the size of a European principality, you stood tall. If you were a rent-paying public servant like Hirsch, you stood on the summit of Desolation Hill. Not much of a hill, but it was desolate. It overlooked patches of saltbush and mallee scrub and broad red ochre gibber plain that stretched to the horizon. Wilted wildflowers here and there, deceived by a rare spring shower. Now, almost immediately, I mean, Desolation Hill, you've you've got the landscape, the physical landscape, it's dry, but the names, and you go into this, the European place names highlight what the European experience was when they came to Australia.
1: Yeah, uh, but there's also another layer of history there too. This is Desolation Hill's own, named by um, white settlers, probably dating back to the 1850s and after that, who struggled there, failed at farming, and called it Desolation Hill. But there's also um, an Aboriginal and Indigenous presence there that goes back even further, and there'd be different names.
0: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get in, into that, but you know, Mischance Creek, Hope Hill. Mm-hmm. You've even got a Goida Street mentioned in the novel, and that's, uh, well, significant in terms of the physical nature of where we are. Goida?
1: Yeah. Uh, I still have a very vivid memory of my uh, high school teacher slapping a ruler against the um, map of South Australia and pointing out Goida's line and what it was and why it's significant. It was a South Australian surveyor who recognised that there was a, a, a kind of a, a line going down through remote areas of South Australia that if you try to farm on the east of it, it was a rain shadow country, you were bound to fail that uh, the, be- the better land was west of the line. And and the ignorance of, of the Europeans that, yeah. that first came there uh, was
0: interesting. But then almost immediately you've got this etched into the landscape is this eagle. And now we get to a sort of social problem in many ways. This has been done by one of the... Um, pastoralist Mr Fanning and it's a, a photo opportunity, a tourist attraction but he's appropriated Aboriginal imagery and that brings him into conflict with Auntie Steph so yeah. now the social problems emerge.
1: Uh, yeah, that uh, a few things come together when I write books and sometimes they're not all there at the start. I, I had amongst my m- massive... Um, folders of clippings a photograph of, um, of an indigenous warrior about to throw a boomerang which was carved into the landscape in the far north of South Australia and I thought I can use that in some way um, so I wrote it into the first chapter there but um, halfway through the writing of the novel I got a, a nice kick up the bum by an indigenous woman who loved the books and liked it that Hirsch was aware of the of the Nadgeri people in South Australia, the Nadgeri past, um, rock carvings along Dry Creek Beds, and all those sorts of things. But she said, "Where are the um, uh, current indigenous people?" And I, I thought, "Yes, where are they in the in these books?" And I could see how I could weave then, um, Auntie Steph who sets up a drop-in center for the local indigenous people and also has a very fierce um recognition of cultural appropriation and that that this uh figure carved into the landscape in my novel um doesn't belong it's a, it's a pr- appropriation and she is in this bit of a tussle with the landowner who thinks he's done the right thing he thinks he's uh a, a acknowledging or honoring the indigenous presence but this image, which is of an eagle, was not created by the Indigenous people. It was created by white settlers.
0: But isn't that always, well, generally the case? The European attitude will do this for your yeah. benefit. And, and therefore, ultimately, we get to the question of the voice by, in in Australian society, not in yeah. the novel. But it's there in the background yeah. uh, to your novel
1: then. Yeah, it's, it's an ongoing issue. Of, of course, we're all, we're all aware of it and it's becoming stronger. There's a, a, a notion, I think, uh, it's a label attached to these sorts of novels. It's a small town crime novel. It's uh, dark mysteries in a small town. As though the small town is isolated from the rest of the world. But I'm trying to show in all of my Hirsch novels that this uh, outback town, you know, three hours from Adelaide, that it's it's connected to the rest of the world. that It's not isolated at all.
0: Well, it's a, it's a microcosm yeah. of...
1: And, and a lot of the issues that we're going to
0: bring up and raise, hopefully, uh, highlight just how much of a microcosm it is of yeah. the social ills, if I can put it that way, and the social good that's taking place there as well. But we better get into crime, uh, okay. because it is a crime novel. Uh, we've got a backpacker who has disappeared, uh, Willie Van Sant and Dr Jeanne Van Sant has come to find her son uh, hopefully uh, but it also in many ways the trope of the Australian uh, or Australia getting lost in
1: some way. Uh, yeah I wasn't aware of that at the time um, but of course there's a long history in uh, literature and in painting of the lost child The uh, uh, there's a McCubbin Painting, for example, uh, there are numerous poems and, and novels from uh, from colonial times about the missing child, the lost child in the bush. Uh, but this is a, a European backpacker. He's backpacking around Australia, and three months ago, his his letters and emails and whatever to his mother suddenly stopped, and she couldn't get a satisfactory answer from anyone. So she comes to Australia comes to Outback, South Australia, where her son had l- last worked on a cattle station, a sheep station, uh, looking for him. Yeah. But we've had a few backpackers disappear over the years,
0: so it's, yeah. it's not that unfamiliar in that no. regard. But then, almost immediately thereafter, we've got a body in a suitcase. Yeah. Uh,
1: and Hirsch himself is aware that this is a cliché. He says, jokingly, my first body in a suitcase. Uh, but it's a joke that falls flat. But... It had been mentioned to me uh, a, a few times that s- sometimes the, the major crime, the the murder, the the body, is not uh, doesn't appear in my novels until halfway or two thirds of the way through. So in this one, I'm introducing the murder victim very early in the novel. Well,
0: I mean, uh, Willie Van Sant could be either disappeared or dead we yeah. don't know so, yeah. so you know two th- bodies perhaps. two two bodies perhaps or two crimes or situations to be solved and yeah. there um we we better not forget the dead ram as well there's there's, <laughs> there's a third body oh yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> if you want to call the ram a, a body but back to the social ills then almost um, thereafter i don't think i've got out of chapter 1 yet so this could be a long discussion um covid and yeah. you, you have Hirsch and Dr Van Sant going to uh, Dryden Downs uh, because, again, visiting all of these Outback posts, and this is where Willie had worked, unvaccinated visitors welcome here. We refuse to enforce unlawful directions from a government that would microchip people. So now you've put us into the COVID pandemic.
1: I wrote it during the lockdowns, and like most people, I think I, I, I felt a constant low-level sense of dread. Am I going to get it? Am I going to get it badly? Are uh, my loved ones going to get it? There was no full stop to the pandemic. There still isn't. Um, so I was very careful uh, about writing something that wouldn't date quickly. Uh, but I was aware of um, that police are at the front line, uh, often enforcing rules that people find unfair uh, but I was aware of a wider sense in the community for the last two years it's still ongoing I think of an uncertainty and an anxiety um, so there's the anti-vaxxers there are the COVID deniers uh, I think even a growth of far right movements and conservative beliefs uh, kind of there's a kind of I think it's all symptom symptomatic of an anxiety in the community and um, bit by bit, I tease out some of these things in this Hirsch novel. So do you think
0: that COVID has, in fact, uh, or one of the symptoms of COVID, is that extremism that it has led, in, in of its own right, to, to extremism?
1: I think it's the, there's, there's been a to and fro there. I think one influences the other, yeah. I think there's a definite link.
0: And... A sort of extremes of attitude as well, because you talk yeah. about ivermectin. What's going on there?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, it was a, it's a horse drug that uh, people people were taking, thinking that it would cure cure COVID, but taken in large enough doses, it can kill people. Uh, that that feeds into uh, um, President Trump saying that you could take bleach to uh, cure COVID. Uh, how so, can suppose, and people uh, believe this stuff? Yes, that's that's the problem. They believe it. They they tap into um, chat, chat sites and websites on, on the dark web or even just generally, and it's full of misinformation. But they have no way of knowing that it's misinformation. But it taps into something that they are scaring that they're afraid of anyway. So they latch onto it, and it becomes a bible, a, a system of beliefs. Well, yeah, that
0: that extreme, and and they don't bother to to balance it out. But that yeah. leads then to the next social ailment that you have raised here, and that's the digital world, cybercrime, and it's taking place on various levels. You give us yeah. various iterations of uh, cybercrime. Yeah, there's the troll, trolling, of course. That's that's yeah. the obvious one. You've got. Uh, Kate, that um, Wendy is Hirsch's partner, teenager, yeah. and the trauma that this can cause.
1: Yeah, I'd um, I get I take newspaper clippings all the time. I get a lot of information about that, and I've been for many years. I've been taking newspaper clippings about cybercrime and its growth, and, and it, particularly its effect on young people, um, the, the the kind of bullying that goes on. And it can can lead to teenage kids committing suicide. And they don't tell anyone about it. Uh, uh, and parents are the last to know that their child is being bullied. Uh, it's very insidious. Um, some of it's done by school friends. But I think, obviously, too, there are adults, um, predatory adults out there, too.
0: Well, you do go into... Uh, well, it's, well, it is predatory in a way... Uh, A crime is perpetrated of sorts uh, where you've got a rental um, or a suggested rental property and Ed and Ellie Klein come into conflict with Wendy, uh,
1: Hirsch's partner. What's going on there? Uh, Yes, someone's trying to get at Wendy, as it turns out in the novel. I don't think it hurts the uh, plot for me to give that away, but someone's trying to get back at Wendy for something and... Pose uh, put up a, f- a fake rental house agreement uh, a, a advertisement, and this young couple they answer the ad, they pay a deposit, they go around to Wendy's house and and get pissed off because what's she doing there? Mm. Um, but it's, I, I and it's based on true cri- actual crimes. This has been happening in some rural areas of South Australia because the or of Australia really because yeah. uh, the housing market is is so stretched. Uh, and particularly in rural areas where there's a, a lack of rental properties,
0: but people just take it for granted. If it's online, it's okay yeah, and yep. fine. I'll I'll put a deposit down without checking.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's a sign of desperation. A sign of uh, of um, people's naive goodwill, I suppose. If if it's there on the internet, it must be real. So I'll pay this deposit. Yeah,
0: um, But it begs the necessity for another form of intelligence in many ways to know how to read yeah. what's on um, the, it, or in the digital world and measures perhaps, and of course we've, we've seen it with Medibank, private, yeah, yeah. Uh, Optus and such like. so We yeah. have to be
1: very vigilant. The, well, yeah. more
0: so than ever these yeah. days. But you can perpetrate a whole series of scams yeah. should you want to. And we see another one, which we won't necessarily uh, outline in too yeah. much detail,
1: but it, it's, it's taking place there. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying with these Hirsch books. Obviously, there's going to be a serious crime of some kind. A, a murder of some note, but he 's a country cop he 's a he 's a constable he doesn 't have much, very much power really, uh, but he has to be the front line of law and order in a in a remote rural community and a lot of the crimes he comes across might seem at first sight be quite minor uh, as I write these books I, I plan them carefully I spend weeks planning so i I like to light a flu, a fuse then it explodes later in the story. And sometimes these are just minor crimes that that tie into something much greater later.
0: Well, it, it builds and compounds uh, your novels, the Hirsch novels, in terms of, of the development of crime, highlighting in many ways um, the importance of people like Hirsch in a community to just try and maintain the balance. But here we go again with the digital crime, so to speak, one of the problems that Hirsch has got is he's been recorded. Another digital, online sort of problem, uh, saying "Covid moron," hmm. and now he's got internal uh, affairs on his back, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, I, I do have, um, I do feel for the police because they are at the front line of all this stuff, and they have to be very careful. Uh, obviously, we don't want. The police to be uh, beating up, uh, beating up suspects or doing anything like that, but they can't. Uh, at one level, also they can't just be human beings who are frustrated and pissed off with an idiot and calling him a COVID idiot, and then, and unfortunately, of course, there's someone there with a camera or a microphone and it's recorded. So it's tough for them. I think well, they speak- can't be ordinary people sometimes. We'll get back to idiots
0: in a moment. I'm going to do the dutiful thing and play a community announcement at this point. i see how this goes. Stay tuned in to 3CR Community Radio. <coughs> well, there you go. I, I get... Uh, told off for, for not playing enough uh, community and 3CR announcements. And when Jan and I are here, we're competing for time to uh, to get through everything. So I've, I've done my dutiful thing. But speaking of idiots, I love your polyglot family. And they exist everywhere of Alice, McNamara, Jacob, Brenda, David, Hillcock. Um, basically, uh, Brenda, who's got a... A child with David. Uh, Alice is a stepdaughter from a relationship David had with yeah. somebody else. It's, Jacob. Where does Jacob? A, it's <laughs> a strange sort of blended family. Yeah. Yeah. but they exist everywhere.
1: They, they do. Yeah, they 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 exist here in uh, not far from Smith Street, Fitzroy, and they exist um, in country towns. Uh, they drift in. They stay a while. They drift away again. Uh, they pull pull some minor crimes. They're not very coordinated, but sometimes these crimes can be quite vicious or be quite harmful. Um, and they, uh, but as I say, they're not very well thought out uh, often. But there are victims of it too. Well, they're delightfully incompetent. Yeah. Some of the, the the affairs. I mean. Um,
0: Jacob, uh, unlicensed, uh, in an unregistered vehicle, uh, gives himself away in many ways. He sees Hirsch, who's just simply packing up at the end of the day. And um, so it it leads them then
1: to behave
0: erratically or irrationally or incompetently.
1: Well, I think that um, from from my own reading and from talking to to police, that uh, a lot of criminals are not that... They might be cunning, but the crimes are not very well thought out. Uh, there's no sense of consequences. It'll get them out of a bind right now, but it's going to lead to something worse. Uh, like Jacob in this novel, he's, uh, he has to appear before the magistrate for stealing a car. He turns up at his hearing in a stolen car. <laughs> That's how he thinks.
0: Well, you've got to get to the court case. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's the priority. Yeah. You could yeah. get into trouble if you don't appear in court on time. Yeah. yeah. So, but yes, these sorts of uh, family communities or, or uh, people are out there, and you do need someone like Hirsch just as a presence, as a as a reminder, which may sort of alleviate some of the things they're thinking of doing. Because if yeah. they're there, yeah. Um, I mean, Hirsch has uh another role to play. You have the Cobb family as mm-hmm. well
1: yeah he's uh he represents law and order he He has to arrest people or warn them or find them or whatever that might be, and investigate at a minor level. but he's also a kind of counselor, a kind of social worker, so we have two teenage kids uh struggling in this little town they'll never be able to leave, perhaps. But their mother is bipolar and they're her carers. They're just teenagers but they're caring for a, a bipolar adult who can't care for herself. Yeah. And Hirsch is aware of that and he keeps, touch, keeps tabs on what's going on in their lives and tries to help them. And a number of people are
0: actually trapped in these isolated towns yeah. without a chance of, of getting out, which can in fact then lead to further problems. Yeah, yeah. But they can't realise their own potential
1: no there's a lack of opportunities and particularly if there's a strong sense of responsibility to a uh, a mother who can't care mm. for herself there's an even stronger reason why they can't get away from this area i mean you've even got uh vicky uh bastian there a teacher
0: um family connection to the area but um yeah compromising herself in some ways um for a relationship because things are limited in, mm. in that region that leads to trouble yeah <laughs> <laughs> um racism you you bring this out not just with with auntie Steph and what's going on there but people now connected uh, with the police there's there's Petra Osmak, who's not a constable or, or anything she's sort of on the lower tier
1: yeah she wants to be a police officer though so she's working as a as a as, as a a non-police officer in the police station with a with a view to going to police college but yeah she's just...
0: some of her friends are less than desirable
1: yes and some of her views are less than desirable yeah so... and but also then
0: because they're involved in the digital world there could be implications for the police force yeah um if our social media posts go online and such. Yeah. well if they're posts, they are already online. But get out into the ether. Yeah. So we are very well challenged in a way. We've got to be very careful um, because anything canon will be used against us at a later date. Yeah, so.
1: and and a, uh, this leads to an inquiry because uh, the, the the headquarters police in Adelaide are worried. Is there a certain sort of culture? Amongst the police in this little country town, it has—it's the sort of thing that has to be investigated. But, um...
0: but it's almost inevitable, you know. The, the police can't necessarily quash it, No. and you can't vet everybody, yeah. Even in the police force, um, because people are um, well, go online, they do searches and go follow a a path that feeds back into what they want to be reaffirmed. And so it becomes normal and you, you just can't control it. Mm. it. It's a crazy world out there. Um, basically, narcissism, a sense of power of invulnerability through anonymity. Now, that line was used in association with the cyber world, mm. but you could also, or could you apply it then to Tiverton and an isolated Community where you think you're invulnerable as well, and I'm thinking here then of Dryden Downs. And, and oh,
1: okay, yeah, it hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> I, I would like to say that in my books, a cigar is always a cigar, but um, uh, <laughs> we won't there, take that there, image, Jennifer. There yeah. That there's no uh, symbolic or deeper meanings, but uh, obviously there must be subconsciously going on in my head when I writing these books. But, I'm just being uh, an English teacher. This is, okay. this is
0: my problem. Yeah, uh, But, you know, that, uh, that isolation in
1: yeah. a rural
0: town can lead to yeah. isolated thinking.
1: Yeah, and dangerous thinking too. Uh, I don't think it's giving too much away to say that um, in my research I'd noticed, and I think the federal police have noticed it too, a growth in uh, far-right groups and splinter groups Um Getting a lot of their thinking from international far right groups, um, and uh, some of these groups occur in, in in isolation from each other, but feeding into each other, tapping into vulnerabilities in the in a local community with youth who have, don't have jobs or uh, are drifting, and suddenly finding a meaning in their lives through some of this far right rhetoric. Well, this this then
0: does appear in. The novel i don 't know how much we can say about it, but we now get onto a federal level and yeah. an, a federal investigation which sort of sidelines Hirsch a little. He's, yeah. they take
1: over well, as, as I understand it from the, the federal police themselves say this that um, they're much more worried about violence of far, uh, of far right groups in Australia than they are of Muslim fundamentalists or anything like that. They're very afraid that there will be another Christchurch massacre kind of guy. Uh, They're the ones that they're really worried about. Because there's no
0: sort of background necessarily uh, or associations. Because if you're looking at something in isolation on the internet and it compounds your temperament or attitude or thinking then there's no real connection to anything else so they yeah. can't um see where it's coming from what makes us think this way and that's mm. probably a a more fundamental question that can't can't be answered but we're seeing it all the time yeah which yeah. is is a real worry now where did you get your insights into how police conduct a search because <laughs> we have a search gate that <laughs> takes place in this novel yeah. i'm curious
1: I think from uh, reading crime books, I get ideas from that. Talking to police, uh, I'm sure I've read plenty of search uh, chapters or or scenes in crime fiction, so I've just picked some of those ideas. But um, one of the hiding places occurred to me out of my own dark depths, I must say, so, what, what were you
0: yeah. hiding? It's, it's a bit of a worry there. So, yeah, crime on a federal level, conducting a police search, yeah. Hirsch's development. Where can you take Hirsch from here, do you think?
1: Yeah, as as the background, Hirsch is a city booglery. He trained as a detective in Adelaide, but he belonged to a corrupt um, CIB squad in the outer suburbs, so he was busted down to uniform and sent to a one officer police station in the bush. So the, the first... There are four novels now in the series, and he's slowly getting used to this area. He's running two investigations, if you like. He's investigating what makes this place tick, and he's investigating some crimes. But um, where does he go next? Is he just going to be staying there all the time? Uh, It's an issue for me as a writer, I suppose. But I'm I'm aware that he has elderly parents. They They don't live in the area. Perhaps that's a, going to be a major distraction for him in the future, their ailing health, that sort of thing. So I am aware... I, I don't like my characters to be static. I like them to grow so I can I can see some forthcoming personal issues that um, will will test him, will take him away from the area perhaps. And who could possibly do as good a job as Hirsch if he has to
0: leave in, in that uh, country town of Tiverton? Gary, look, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking with you today, a bit more relaxed than what we normally do in terms of rushing through Knowles. If you want to know more, if the listener wants to find out more, uh, whose was the body in the suitcase? How did it get there? Uh, What happened to Willie? Uh, Does he turn up? Who knows? We've got to find all of this out. What is the federal crime that's taken place? And uh, to find out more about Alice jacob Brenda, and David Hillcock and their incompetence, you will need to get a copy of Day's End by Gary Disher, and it's a text publishing release. So, Gary, thank you very much for talking with me today. Uh, thanks, David.